We're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 16 through 22 and uh, then go right on into chapter 14. And I uh, don't know if we'll cover all 31 verses of chapter 14, but uh, we're going to try to get a bunch of them in. What I want to talk to you about this morning is a, a New Year's resolution. And uh, we have you made any New Year's resolution? I'm not much of a resolution guy. You know, because I found out a long time ago, usually when I make resolutions, especially physical ones, like I'm going to stop eating sweets and, and I'm going to lose like 20 pounds, and uh, I, I blow it the first day. I don't get very far. But uh, I found out this, that if I make spiritual re- uh, resolutions, not revolutions, but resolutions rather than physical ones, then I'm more apt to hold on to those things that are more apt to keep them and to be faithful to them. And the New Year's resolution that I have made this year is to, to refresh uh, my following uh, of the Lord. You know, just to be led by the Lord. And, and I believe that the Lord does lead me, guide me, direct me. But it's, it's not in the Lord's leading sometimes that I have problems, but in my following my following closely. Uh, the Bible says that, uh, I think it was Peter followed, but he followed afar off at one time when he uh, denied the Lord and the rooster crowed and all of those things. He was, uh, he, was, he was following the Lord, but not really as closely as he could. Well, I want to be led by the Lord and I want to follow Him more closely this year than I have ever in the past. Now, uh, Exodus chapter 13 and uh, verse 16 reads like this. And it shall be a, for a token upon thine hand and for frontlets between thine eyes. What is the it that he is talking about in that verse? And it shall be for a token upon thine hand and for frontlets between thine eyes. For by strength of hand the Lord brought us out, so it's going to be a token upon thine hand out of Egypt. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them through the, uh, through the way of the land of the Philistines. Led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was the near. Way It was closer. Uh, For God said, lest peradventure the people repent uh, when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now what that is, what what the it was, is is the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to be a frontlet between our eyes and that we might follow after the Lord and follow after uh, Jesus Christ with all of our heart by studying His Word and hiding in our heart that we might not sin against God. And, and um, this, this commandment of God is that the Word of God be in your hand. And as frontlets between... When I was first got into Christianity, when God first saved my soul, and I started following after Him, man, I could not get enough of the Word of God. I had little sticky notes on my rearview mirror in my truck. I had them on my mirror in the bathroom. I had them on the uh, icebox in the kitchen. 
And I had little sticky notes with memory verses everywhere. And I was memorizing Scripture like a madman. I mean, I just could not get enough of it. As I said in Sunday school this morning, you know, we start out the gate as Christians on fire and pretty hot and fervent and committed and dedicated and surrendered and following after the Lord and giving Him everything that we are. But it seems like the longer we run the race and the harder we fight the fight, or the longer we fight the fight, the more exhausted we become, or maybe more familiar with the things of God, and, and we think that, well, you know, I've been doing this now for 33 years, or for five years, or whatever it is that you're at, and uh, I've already achieved a certain, you know, amount of uh, intellect and understanding of the Word of God. I got my ladder leaned against the wall, and I've climbed the wall of religiosity to the point that I, I have achieved some things in my life. But my friend, listen, don't climb the ladder leaned against the wrong wall and step off in front of a God that you never knew. Because when the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you and old things pass away, all things become new, and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, that ladder never get you never get tired of climbing the ladder when it's leaned on the right wall when you're leaned on the wall of Jesus Christ and the word of God and the people of God and the things of God then you surrender everything that you are to everything that he is now my new year's resolution for this church is that we be led by the lord in a fresh and meaningful and new experience in our lives this year. Um, Sunday school lesson this morning, Philippians chapter 3, forgetting those things which are behind. I know uh, 2020 was, was a horrendous year. Uh, and even in the midst of the pandemic and, and all the deaths that have taken place around the United States and even in our own families, uh, God has still blessed. God has been good to us. But listen, we've got to put 2020 behind us and we've got to press towards the mark of a high calling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and live the life that God has called us to live this year. Placing our faith and our trust anew in the Lord Jesus Christ and following Him more closely than we ever have. In verse 17, And it came to pass when Pharaoh uh, had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although... Um, that was near, for God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Now that word harnessed means armed. They had armed themselves. And may I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you come out from whatever it is in this world, that's what Egypt usually represents, the things of the flesh, come out from among them and be separate. Make a brand new dedication and a brand new commitment to being not, you know, a child of God. We are already that. But being more faithful to the things of God, to the house of God, to the people of God, to the way of God, to the word of God, to the doctrines of the word of God. And may I say that notice that God didn't lead them through the way of the Philistines because He knew that way was going to be so hard that they would likely turn back and go back into Egypt. But He led them through the desert. And what I got out of that is that there is no easy way. 
Whether you go through the land of the giants and the Philistines and have to fight that battle, or whether you go through the wilderness and the desert, I'm just saying that that wilderness was called the desert. Was the the name of it was the desert called sin? It's not easy to live the life that God has called us to live. But in verse 19, it says this, and Moses took the bones of Joseph Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn uh, the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and He will carry you up my bones away hence with you. They took their journey from Sukkoth, and they camped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. Well, I'll tell you what, God leads us in the way, and even when we're on the edge of sin, and we know that we are following after God and we're following Him through a sinful world, that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. They protect me. They watch over me. They lead me. They guide me. They direct me. And it goes on to say this in 21, And the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of a cloud and led them the way by the night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and by night. So God was with them in the daytime. God was with them in the nighttime. As long as they were being led by the Lord, it didn't matter which way they went. We know that God's not going to lead us astray. And if we will surrender and submit and rededicate and commit our hearts, our lives, our time, our talent, everything that we are to everything that He is and be faithful Not just have faith in God, but be faithful to God. Then God will lead us in the way. Now I want you to to think about a few things and then we're going to go into uh, chapter 14 and look at some more things. But I want you to realize those people who are led by the Lord have some characteristics that are visibly... uh, Available. You can, you can look in their lives and you can see, well, there's something different about that guy. There's something different about those people. There's something different about that lady. And one of the things is that, well, they have been delivered by the Lord. We call that salvation. We call that justification. You know, what comes after that is sanctification and us being set apart for the glory of God positionally. That is what God does in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our families. That's salvation. And we see in verse 16 that these people had been delivered by the Lord. You can't follow the Lord if you don't know the Lord. And I'm not talking about a head knowledge of the facts about who Jesus Christ is. There's plenty of people sitting on church pews that know about the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been raised up in the church. They've been taught in Sunday school, the little Sunday school stories about the babe of Bethlehem born in the manger and And uh, they wouldn't know Jesus Christ if they ran into Him in the mall. There's a difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him. Having an intimate love relationship with Him that has delivered us from the bondage of sin. Everybody is stuck on the doctrine of free will. I can do what I want to do. Well, amen. And As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm such a proponent of the doctrine of free will. I don't believe you cannot do your greatest desire at any given moment. You're always going to do what you want to do. 
But see, when the Holy Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of us, old things pass away, all things are new. I become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Now I have a new desire. God has changed my heart. I have been delivered by the Lord, not only you know from some of the things that I shouldn't be doing, but I've been delivered from the desire. You see, God changes our heart. I, people ask me, can I sin all I want to and go to heaven? I'd say, I, I'm sinning more than I want to and I'm going to heaven. Amen. Yeah, you can sin all you want to and go to heaven. As a matter of fact, but the fact is, is that God changes your want-tos. I don't want to live that life that I used to live anymore. I don't want to go to those places. I don't want to be that people. God has delivered me from the bondage of sin. And though, yes, I have a freedom of the will, but that freedom of the will once was under the bondage of sin that God has now released me from, and I have a new desire to be faithful to God. I want to be led by God. I don't care where He leads me. As long as I know that I'm following after the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord, the Bible says in verse 16, the Lord brought us forth out of of Egypt. And by the way, he didn't lead out a bunch of rebels. Well, I guess they were, weren't they? Uh, They didn't get out in that wilderness a hundred yards, I guess, before they started mumbling and grumbling and, and wishing that they were back in Egypt. You know, I have issues with that. I have problems with that. How many of you wish that you were still back in your sin and lost? You see, the Bible says that not all of they that came out of Egypt were the children of Abraham. Not all of they that are of the blood of Abraham are the children of Abraham, but they that are of the faith of Abraham. And it's when we have the faith of Abraham that surrenders every ounce, every inch, every fiber of our being to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then we know that we've been delivered from the bondage of sin. Hereby do we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar, and the truth not in Him. So how do we know that we are led of the Lord? Well, my sheep hear my voice. Oh, and they follow Me. Well, that brings us to the next two verses, verse 17 and 18. Where it, uh, where it told us this. It said, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that, they, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was the closer or the nearer way. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent or change their mind, literally is what that word repent means. Did you know that before you can repent of your sin... You've got to have a change of mind and heart about your sin. See, repentance doesn't mean giving up your sin, although that is a physical type of repentance. Before you can physically give it up, though, you've got to have a change of attitude, a change of heart, a change of mind about it. And God was scared that even though He led them out of Egypt, if He led them through a a hard way, that once they tasted war against the Philistines, he believed that they would change their mind about following him. There's a, there's a lot of people that come out of the gate on fire for God, but they don't get very far until they've changed their mind and they go back to the wilderness, go back to the nation of Egypt, go back to their sinful 
ways, go back to their old lifestyle. But in verse 18 it says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up. You see, they they went. They were harnessed. They were... Uh, what did I tell you that word? Harnessed men a while ago? That they were armed. And, and I'm not talking about so much with, you know... Knives and swords and spears. and I believe they were harnessed with the right attitude. Now, that's what we should arm ourselves with. With a brand new attitude, a brand new dedication, a brand new commitment to follow after the Lord no matter where it is that He leads us. That we will be found faithful upon His return. That, that we will... We, listen, do you know that God's not going to lead you the wrong way? Uh, it's not going to be an easy way whether it go through the Philistines or whether it go through the desert. I'm just saying though that if God is leading us and we are following Him, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for Thou art with me. Have you made that commitment to God that we would be unwavering in our commitment and fellowship and following after Him should unwaveringly follow Him. I love uh, Psalm 107.7. Maybe you can look that up. I don't have it right here before me, but you, you read Psalm 107.7 and it will give you a picture of what that fellowship and commitment that it takes to be an unwavering follower of Jesus Christ is. But you look again at that verse 18, and it says that you'll well, people who follow the Lord or led by the Lord and are committed to being led by the Lord, they not only follow unwaveringly, but they follow in an orderly manner. I like that. But God led the people through uh, about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And it says, and they went up harnessed uh, out of the land uh, of Egypt. You know, the Bible says that they went five by five. It, it was an orderly uh, march out of Egypt into the presence of the Lord. The children of Israel went up by fives in rank out of the land of Egypt. From, from whence cometh divisions, by the way. The Bible says, from which cometh divisions between you? Is it not even because of the lust that is in our hearts? And when one desires this and another desires this, and one goes that way and another goes this way, there is no cohesion. There is no commitment. Well, we've got commitment to God, but I see it this way. The pastor sees it that way, and somebody else sees it that way. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And we've got to come together as a unit. We've got to come together as a body of Christ and follow after the Lord be led by God not by what I think or you think or he thinks or she thinks but do it God's way there's only two ways there's God's way and the highway it's the right way and the wrong way we've got to figure out what it is that God says in his word the Bible says you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life but they are they which speak of me and you'll not receive me that you might have life. You see, it ain't about you and it's not about me. It's all about the glory and honor of God. And we find out what God's will, what God's way, what God's perfect plan 
for our lives is by studying the Word of God and hiding it in our hearts and us coming together in unity. You know, this, this, this is a, a church. A church is not an organization, though it has organizational parts to it. Uh, but it's more of an organism. It, it is a living, breathing animal with the blood of Jesus Christ pulsating through the veins of this body. See, this is a body of Christ. And, you know, Christ is the head of the body. Christ is the head of the church. And we, are, we make up the body. There are fingers and there are hands and there are arms and there are legs and there are mouths and there are ears and noses. And the Bible says because you're not a, a, a hand but a nose, are you not going to, you know, stay committed to the things that God has called us to be? Every one of us are essential parts to the body of Christ. There are no big eyes and little U's. In the church of God. Every person has a place. Every person has a duty. Every person is needed by the body. When you miss church, when you're not faithful, when you are not cohesive, do you know that the church, when it comes together and is missing parts of the body, it doesn't function the way that it should. We're not really being led by the Lord. We can't say we're being led by Him if we're not following after Him, and not only following after Him, but following after Him in an orderly manner. Now you look at verse 21. Those led by the Lord have been delivered by the Lord. They unwavingly follow the Lord. They follow in an orderly manner. But verse 21 says, they walk in the light. They walk in the light. Verse 21, and the Lord went before them in, by day in a pillar of cloud. A cloud led them. To lead them by the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To give them light. I like that. I think that song that Paul sang earlier was a perfect description of the light of the Lord in our hearts, our homes, our families, our lives, in our church. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And if we are being led and we are following after, then the Bible says that God Himself, Jesus Christ in the flesh, in the Word of God, shall give us light that we no more walk in darkness. It goes on to say, of course, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6 through say, If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanseth us from all sin. Do you understand that God has sent the light into the world that we should not live in darkness any longer? That we walk in the light of the Lord. The light of God's presence still shines. It's not just that when Jesus was walking, He was the light of the world. But my friend, He says, if I go not, the Holy Spirit will not come. The Comforter will not come. And not only did He send the Comforter to come to live on the inside of us, to lead us to be a light unto our path and all of those things, but He also gave us the Word of God, which is the light of God for us to, to be illuminated. You see, it's not interpretation, but it's illumination. 
that God gives us of His Word that we might be able to be faithful and to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. The light of God's presence still shines upon His people in the darkness. And my friend, I want you to know something. That the world that we are living in is a world of darkness. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Let your lights so shine in the darkness that it penetrates, it permeates, it illuminates. You see, the darkness cannot hide the light if we walk in the Lord. What does it say in Romans chapter 8? Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not in the flesh, but are in the Spirit. And if we are in the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ is living on the inside of us. And the Word of God is hidden in our hearts and we're studying it to show ourselves approved unto God. Then we know that the light of Christ lives on the inside of us and the darkness cannot hide that light. We shine in the light. We might share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Well, I'm not going to read all of chapter 14 because it's rather lengthy. But uh, you, you pretty much know what chapter 14 in Exodus is all about. Of course, verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp in Piharoth uh, between uh, Migdol and the sea over against Belezfon. <laughs> Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. And Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land and in the wilderness, hath shut them up, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh. How is God going to be honored upon Pharaoh? God gets glory even out of the lost. That he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart and cause him to chase after the nation of Israel when God leads them out of Egypt by the hand of Moses. And here comes, of course, Pharaoh and his army chasing after them. Do you understand that if you are led by the Lord, that you are going to be pursued by the enemy? Most of us don't understand what spiritual warfare is really all about because we really don't give the devil or the enemy, the arch enemy of Christianity and Christ. Of course, we have three enemies. We have this godless system, the world that we live in. That's the darkness that we as the light of Christ are shining in. But we also have, of course, the arch enemy, which is Satan himself, and then the old nature that lives on the inside of us. Those are the three enemies of the cross, the three enemies of Christ, the three enemies of the Christian. The worst one really is the one that lives on the inside of us, the old nature. But I'll guarantee you, That if you are struggling against the darkness, if you are striving to be faithful to Christ, if you are striving to be led by God and to follow after Him, then you are going to be pursued by the enemy. There's a lot of of folks in this world that I I feel like they've lost their mind and and don't really know know, where they're going. I, I told my grandson... Uh, day before yesterday, boy, you lost your mind. He says, can't lose what you ain't got. <laughs> says, you 
wise beyond your years. He's 12 years old. And uh, I says, well, God gave you your mind. You lost it somewhere. But uh, certainly there's a, a lot of people that think that Christianity is just this big bowl of cherries. It's a, it's a bed of roses. And now that the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of me and that I'm a child of God, that, that uh, God's got my back and I don't have to worry about the enemy. I'm not in any spiritual battles. This is, is really not a race and it's not a fight. Listen, that's why the Bible teaches us to run the race and to fight the fight. And the reason that we fight the fight is because it is a genuine, true battle that we're in the middle of. And we need to be aware of that. We need to wake up and take a, take a stand for the side of Christ. We are going to be pursued by the enemy. You look at verse uh, 13 and verse 14, and it says this, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Verse 13 said this, and Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He shall show to you today. For the Egyptians, the enemy of the cross, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see Him again no more forever. You see, we are only in this world. We are only in this battle. We are only in this race. We are only in this fight for a little while. My friend, while we are here, we need to realize that we're not here just to live this life for our own pleasure. We are here to live this life for the glory and honor of God. And to, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Him. And if we are really going to pour our, ourselves out on the altar for the glory and honor of God, then we've got to realize that we are in a fight. And we've got to put on the armor of God. You know Ephesians chapter 6 and how we take the armor of God that we might stand against the wiles of the devil and live the life that God has called us to live. We are going to be pursued by the enemy. And my friend, listen, he finds a lot of people that are genuinely saved, genuinely children of God. But they've got chinks in their armor. They have let their shield down. They've dropped their sword. They've taken their helmet off because they're, they're just hot and they don't want to wear all that heavy uh, armor anymore. My friend, we'd better gird up. We'd better get ready because I believe with all of my heart we're living in the last of the last days. I don't know when the Lord's coming. And I don't pretend to. I don't presume upon the Lord, but I don't think it's going to be much longer. I really don't. And we just the fact is, is we just don't know. We should be living our lives for the Lord as though this is the last day I've got to live for Him. This is the last day I've got to bring glory and honor to the Lord. You look at verse 13 and 14 again, and what you see there is that we shall see not our own labors and our own work, but those that are led by the Lord shall see the salvation of the Lord. It's not my salvation, your salvation. We don't earn it by putting on the armor and going out to fight. We don't earn it by running the race. We don't earn it by keeping the commandments and, and living the life. We have given, uh, been given this, this salvation by God, which is unmerited favor. It is the grace of God that has given us. And that gives us more reason to be faithful to the call 
that God has given us to put on the armor and to face the enemy and to realize that we are in a fight. That we shall see the salvation of the Lord. I, I, I like the verse where, you know, by the way, the, the world tells us, don't, don't just stand there, do something. But of course the Bible says don't just do something. Stand there. Wait upon the Lord. See the salvation of the Lord. See the power of God. See the strength. But when we're, when we're not just doing something, when we're standing there, we're standing in faith. We're standing in Christ. We're standing in the Word of God. The doctrine of God. We are being faithful to the call of God. But you look at the next verses and uh, that's we're going to just skip through uh, the rest of chapter 14 you look at this first verse of chapter 15 and you'll have this message those that are led by the Lord shall sing the song of triumph you see what happened was was the Pharaoh and all of the Egyptian soldiers and chariots and warriors chased the nation of Israel and pinned them up against the Red Sea. And God told Moses to take the stick and to touch the water. And the waters parted and stood up as walls on both sides. And the nation of Israel crossed on dry ground. And when the, when the Pharaoh and his armies came and they saw the children of Israel, it's just like these two pews, one on each side in the dry ground in the middle. And they were watching them escape. And God moved in their heart to go in and to chase after them. And when they got there, of course, what happened was that God told Moses to touch the water again and it crushed them like a handful of grapes. Then on the other side, you look at verse 15 and 1. It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. You see, I understand that we're coming out of 2020. We've had a lot of the enemies of Christ chasing after us. Some of those may have even been sent by the hand of the Lord. Because God uses those things in our lives to bring us to a point of submission to the Lordship of Christ in our hearts, in our homes, in our families, in our lives, in our businesses, in every area of our life. You see, when He puts enough pressure, when He allows those things, when He allows 2020s to happen in our lives, and we are found faithful on the other side of the Red Sea, God has crushed the enemies in the rearview mirror behind us. And now we can cry out to the Lord with a new song. That God has been faithful to us. I love that Psalm 30 verse 5 where it says this, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 50.15 says this, Call upon Me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. And thou shalt glorify Me. You see, that's really what all of this is about. Is that God delivers us from the bondage, from the yoke, 
from the tyranny of sin in our hearts, our homes, our families, our lives, our bodies. And when He delivers us from that bondage of sin, people like to think of the freedom of the will, but the bondage of sin is a very real thing. But when God frees us from that bondage, then thou shalt glorify me. How? How are we going to glorify the Lord in this new year? I, I say this. As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. We shall follow Him. He leads. We follow. He initiates. We respond. He is the initiator. He moves in our hearts, in our minds, illuminates, regenerates, grows, saves our souls. He moves in our lives and changes our destiny. And we respond by being faithful to Him. Let's pray. Father, again, we love You. We thank You so much for Your love, for Your mercy. God, thank You for this opportunity again to be in Your house. Forgive us for our sin. Strengthen us where we're weak. Help us, O oh God, to start out this new year afresh, on fire for You. God, that You might be glorified not only here in this church, not only here behind this pulpit, but God, out at the prison, God, in our homes, in our families, in our kitchens, in our bedrooms, God, in Walmart, wherever it is that we find ourselves. God, that we find ourselves being faithful to You. We'll praise You for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to take a hymn book.